Hey, hello again, everyone, and welcome to it. It is the Derek Hunter Podcast for the third day of January 2024, and I'm surprised I've gotten that right twice now, so good for me. Welcome to the program, everybody. Welcome to the new year. Hope you had a great New Year's Eve and all that, and thank you for indulging me in my uh, just slacking to this point. Um, thanks to Dean for filling in the History Author Podcast. You should absolutely listen to it. And I hope Dean does more regular stuff on here. He's got the passwords. He could post podcasts all he wants. If he says, hey, I want to do a week. Do you mind? I'm bored. I got something to say. Whatever it is, he's in. He's good. He's good. And he's smart. And that's enough. And quite frankly, in a business where merit doesn't really matter, Dean has all the merit. And I'd like it to matter. So subscribe to the uh, History Author Podcast. If you will, see who play. Also, I'd encourage you to subscribe to the Patreon site, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast. That's where you can watch my kid. And thanks for all the comments about Quinn riding a bike. She was very excited to read them. God, she's reading. And she's like, what did they say? She's a bit of a narcissist, kind of wants to be... Uh, a celebrity, an internet celebrity. I'm not letting that go and letting that happen or anything, but uh, every little taste that she gets is just enough to keep her going. And right now I need to keep her going to the point where she wants to learn how to start riding a bike. She's very good at stopping now that she's ended ramming into a fence. But it just it's very disconcerting to watch your kid run into a fence. Again, at the speed of a turtle, just barely stay fast enough to stay upright on a bicycle, but still, and nonetheless, running into a fence. So, love her, but <laughs> it's just, I wish I'd have filmed it. Kind of want her, I don't want her to run into the fence anymore, but I do wish I had filmed that. So, just watching it happen, I'm just like, what the hell just happened? How did she go so far off the track? And I'm like, nope, that's how she stopped until I taught her how to stop. So, it's very 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 weird situation too it's weird to teach somebody something somebody who has no idea that's one of the joys of of parenthood is you're sitting there and you're like this creature you just kind of the people i've dealt with my whole life already knew stuff they knew the basics and you just kind of go from there and you work on or at least you assume that they know the basics with a kid it's just like somebody just slaps down a giant lump of clay on your desk and goes, yeah, do something with it. What, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. Do something with it. It needs to have something done with it. And you're sitting there with this kid who, you know, you're talking. I talk to my kids like they're adults. And actually, they carry on rather good conversations, I think, in large part because of it. But I've always talked to them like they were adults because I don't. Do the I guess I kind of probably did that when they were little kids, but in general, I would talk to them and talk with them and make them watch movies that you know weren't condescending, although they do love kid movies. And they just I didn't never occur to me until I guess it eventually set in where they're like, What does this mean? What does this mean? 
because you know i tell quinn about coasting i'm like well you coast for a little bit and you'll coast to a stop and she's like i don't what is coasting and it didn't even occur to me that she didn't know what coasting was i kind of wanted to say what you did into the fence but uh, that wouldn't have made any sense to her but yeah now she the second she learns about coasting she's over to bailey who's on training wheels still but not really all that interested in getting rid of them and teaching her how to coast it's like two seconds ago you didn't even know what the word meant now you're acting as though you got a phd it's like giving somebody a band-aid and then act or getting a band-aid put on you and then suddenly you start acting like you're a doctor but kids you, you gotta love them it's they're just so much fun i'd love to have more of them i gotta i gotta make more money so i can have more of them that's the that's the drag of life. Anyway, let's get on with the news of the day because there is news of this day. And you're watching these situations unfold and you just have to sit there and laugh at what the Democrats are doing. I told you it wouldn't take very long for Democrats to abandon Israel. And they are. It's kind of funny. Uh, I think it's ultimately meaningless, but it's still... It's less about Israel and more about how Joe Biden is pandering to the Democratic base and where the Democratic base is. Reuters has this story, Joe unplugged, colon. Now, it's some old dude going off script, going off the official government talking points, going off the official government position, shouldn't be referred to as Joe unplugged. It should be like, hey, that dude is uh, straying. When a president has to have so many of their comments walked back by staff, that you need Secretary Mayor Pete to put in a bike path in the well-worn area where they've patted down the grass to nothing. It's kind of news that the president can't stick to a script. It's not the script. It's the president can't stick to his official position. That's a bit of a problem. Consistency matters, or at least it should. It used to. It did before Joe Biden. It should matter. But it doesn't matter anymore. Now it's Joe unplugged, colon. Biden fundraisers clash with U.S. script, comma, please donors. You're like, what? Yeah, it means that headline is a nice way of saying the government has its official position. And then in private, when Joe Biden is talking to the people who are throwing him money, he either tells them whatever they want to hear or tells them what he really thinks. But it's, it's different than what he's telling us in public and what the official position is of, of allegedly of the Biden administration. Like that kind of conflict used to be newsworthy, right? Didn't it? Shouldn't it be? Hey, you're saying one thing on private and saying something else out of the other side of your mouth in public used to seem to be important. Now it's just, hey, that's Joe being Joe. The story, as President Joe Biden has relied heavily on teleprompters and pre-written scripts for his public speeches, a mostly disciplined approach that's been in sharp contrast to his decades of freewheeling, sometimes less than diplomatic remarks. Now, that's a, a sentence fragment, right? Or as president, I guess, I guess it's not a sentence fragment, but it's, uh, it's a hell of an admission. Joe Biden's usually just making stuff up as he goes along. Joe Biden doesn't normally know what he's talking about. But, you know, his handlers put words in the teleprompter and instruct the president of the United States to read that thing or they'll kill his dog or something. Like, seems, again, worthy of a story in and of itself, but instead it's just the lead of a Reuters story. 
continues, but holding a microphone in a room of donors who support his 2024 re-election campaign, Democrat Biden in recent months has dug into the Chinese government, the Republican Party, and U.S. ally Israel for its bombing of the Gaza Strip. In other words, Joe Biden is full of crap, although he refers to anybody who disagrees with him as MAGA extremists and just this side of Hitler, so I'm not really sure that what the hell is he saying in private that contrasts with what he's saying publicly? You know, those Republicans aren't really Hitler. That, I guess, would be newsworthy. But everything else kind of is. He's likely just getting started, they say. The 2024 campaign trail will include dozens of fundraising events. <laughs> he's likely just getting started, started contradicting the official position of his own government. Like, what? How do you figure that? It doesn't matter. You don't have to. Don't worry. Stop. Whatever. It's total and absolute crap. It is bizarre that this is reported as no big deal, as nothing, as just the way the world is, because, well, that's just the way the world is. How does that happen? How do they, reporters in good conscience, there's your problem right there, Hunter. How do reporters in good conscience sit there and go, yeah, no, this is totally normal and cool. It's not normal and cool. We do not have, a, for all the things that they said about Donald Trump, and they said just about everything about Donald Trump, you couldn't really say, he's saying one thing in public and saying another thing in private. You'd sit there and go, my God, did you hear what he said in, pri in public and in private? It's the same thing. A lot of people thought it was crazy. A lot of people thought it was great, but it was always the same thing. The contradiction, bit of a problem continues. Biden first told donors in June that he considers Chinese President Xi Jinping to be a dictator, prompting howls of protest from Beijing. And then he said, no, he wasn't. He walked that back. And then in a press conference, <laughs> said, yeah, of course he's a dictator. Oh my God, you senile old man. Biden, 81, said at a fundraiser in December that he might not have launched his re-election bid if Republican Donald Trump, who he defeated in 2020, was not also running a discordant message for a campaign battling concerns about his age and low approval ratings. Trump is 77. Why do they, why do they throw in Trump is 77? Because that's going to be another one of those things. If you think Joe Biden's old, well, what about... Uh, Donald Trump's only three years younger, two, four years younger. Yeah, see, there's a difference. There's a difference. So you can want Tom Brady is whatever, he's 46 or something like that. Find your average 46-year-old and put him up against Tom Brady and go, yeah, um, I would bet that Tom Brady's probably in better shape than most of your average 46-year-olds. If you've ever been to a mall recently, you'd say 90% of your average 46-year-olds. It's a false start because uh, this guy's old Then somebody else. Okay, there are lots of people who live well into their 90s and 100s who still have the mental capacity. And then there are some people who suffer from early onset Alzheimer's. That's kind of a problem. It's a big difference there, don't you think? It is, and it's an important one. But no, there will be no exploration of that because that would be too much like work. And that's not what these people do for a living anymore. It really is. I'm watching. I'm thinking about writing this. Um, you know, it's more of a hill column because I think it's got a chance to get some clicks and uh, to get paid per click with the hill.
but it's I'm seeing these. There's a, a piece in the um, was it USA Today, USA Today, Susan Page, Savannah Kuchar. I don't know. And okay, good God, who names these people? I know I'm horribly culturally insensitive, but I don't know what the hell this third name is. Sud Ichka Kochi. Okay. Anyway, it took three people to write this piece. Because why? Because the white lady at the top of it couldn't do it on her own because it sounds horribly condescending. And it is horribly condescending towards blacks and brown people. Now, that's really funny because the left's like, well, black and brown people, we got to look out for black and brown. Black and brown, you're offensive to black and brown people. And then they're wildly offensive. I've already got a headline for this piece for whenever I write it. It'll either be for Sunday's town hall or next Wednesday. I don't want to say it because then somebody will maybe, not that you guys will pinch it, but it gets around. I don't want to jinx it either. But the idea, the headline in this piece is a fraying coalition, colon, black, Hispanic, young voters abandon Biden as election year begins. Now, what's really interesting there is the use of the word abandon. The use of the word abandon as if now think about the word abandon. There's an abandoned car. People have left it. It was somebody's car, and then they just left it. They left it on the side of the road to rot or whatever. There are you know, deadbeat dads who abandon families. You're supposed to take care of your family, but this person has abandoned the family. Now, black, Hispanic, and young voters are not the property of the Democratic Party, at least not anymore for one of those groups. Um, and Democrats have never gotten over that, by the way. But it's an interesting framing. The term abandon, the use of the word abandon implies that they're supposed to be with the Democrats. They're sort of, they're, they're a wholly owned subsidiary, maybe not necessarily personal property, but certainly uh, they've got a, a long-term lease with an option to buy. I find that concept very because we're hearing this a lot in the media as more and more polling data comes out showing just how poorly joe biden is doing with it and the left never never can figure this out that these voting blocks while they have voted overwhelmingly for democrats in the past are again not owned by them and therefore owe nothing to the democratic party but since the media is the Democratic Party, they all feel a sense of entitlement to this vote. So they'll write headlines like they've abandoned Biden. It also curiously never occurs to these people that an 81-year-old senile guy who is horribly condescending and quite frankly, forgive my French, a bit of a dick to anybody who dares not only disagree with him, but challenge him if he's given a, a legitimate, but you know, less than sycophantic throne sniffing type question, he, you know, gets mad at people. People pick up on that after a while and go, What a what a douche. This guy's a douche. Plus he's creepy. Plus, when he's asked, you know, hey, about your son's business, never, never did I talk to anybody about it. And then you see those lights. Young people pay attention to the news, not as much as older people, but still there's a certain percentage. And those people talk to their friends. And the idea, the fact that the president of the United States is lying about that and God knows what else is not lost on people. 
Maybe Joe Biden simply isn't a good man. Maybe he isn't a good president. Maybe he's not appealing to these people, not because of any other reason than the things that he's doing. They don't contemplate that. They cannot comprehend that. They live in a world that does not exist. The uh, Daily Beast, which is just a horrible, horrible, god-awful website. Back on December 15th, I kept this tab open since December 15th. I finally have a chance to use it. Yay. It is indicative of what the left is doing here with Biden and with everything Biden is claiming. The headline is, has social media brainwashed you into thinking the economy is bad? I'll read that again because it's so wildly stupid that your brain probably is not used to those words being strung together in such a way. Is or has social media brainwashed you into thinking the economy is bad? Implicit there, again, is the economy's not bad. You're just brainwashed by a bunch of right-wing extremists on social media telling you that the economy is bad. No, when you go to the grocery store, it doesn't cost you 70 bucks every time you walk out the door. That's in your head. Or it, if it does, it cost you that before. It's all Trump's fault. It's very interesting because in my column in the Hill today, I thought of a great analogy and, and hypocrisy, a good ex, uh, example of hypocrisy, where these people under Donald Trump, these very same people, what did they tell you during the Trump administration? Trump's economy is really a result of Barack Obama. Trump's economy is really a result of Barack Obama. They were running to take credit for his economy, for Trump's economy. Now that they're in charge of the economy again and it's gone to hell, they're blaming that on Trump. That's been it was eight years of Obama and then for four years of Trump, you know, eight years of Obama, everything was George W. Bush's fault. It sucked. We never had 3% growth in any given year under Barack Obama, the first president ever for that to happen. And it was all George W. Bush's fault. We inherited a mess. We inherited a mess. Well, Donald Trump didn't exactly inherit a rose garden. And the economy was doing quite well. It wasn't the greatest economy ever, but it was doing really, really well, certainly compared to now. And, by the way, with the tax cuts that Trump and Paul Ryan pushed through, um, the left was assuring us that that would destroy the economy. It was going to destroy the You're giving money away to the rich. You're going to destroy the economy. So they were telling us the economy was going to suck. And yet the economy didn't suck. Just like under Reagan, they told you, he's giving money away to the rich. He's causing his tax cuts caused deficits. If you actually look from when the tax cuts were implemented every time. This happens every time. It's not unique to Ronald Reagan, but it's more pronounced under Ronald Reagan. If you go back and look at the tax cuts and look at the revenue in the years that the tax cuts happened in the years following, revenue to the federal government from taxes increased because economic activity and economic growth are taxed. And if you're taxing the hell out of it, people aren't going to do anything with their money, so they're going to leave it there. Now that they were free, it went from... Like, not 88% to 30%. People were doing things with their money. People were taking risks with their money because there was a greater reward for them. That's the thing is nobody's going to take a risk if there's no reward. So revenue increased. 
substantially. I think by the end of the Reagan administration, it was almost double revenue. It seems weird, right? It seems counterintuitive if you're just watching the network news. If you're watching corporate media, they won't explain that to you. You can look it up yourself. Don't take my word for it. I'm doing it off the top of my head. I do know for a fact that the revenue increased rather dramatically, especially as the country came out of the Carter recession. And economic activity picked up again and inflation dissolved for real, not just, oh, it's you're getting screwed less, as they're trying to say now. They still try and brainwash you, these leftists. See, they don't like social media trying to brainwash you. Why? Don't you like the competition? Um, it's not social media that's brainwashing you. It's these leftists that brainwash you. Trump gave away money to the rich, gave away, but no, he let them keep more of what they earned, by the way. The uber-rich don't actually earn an income. They live, they have a completely different structure of how their, their finances are. The income tax rate really doesn't screw them over that much. But the doing well, especially people working their way up the ladder, those people, it really knocks in the groin. But they don't care. They're not going to explain that to you. They're not going to explain that to you because they don't want to explain that to you. It's The truth is counterproductive to a progressive agenda. So they're just going to let it slide and try and tell you, you don't know how good you've got it. You think you've got it bad. Yeah, you're broke and your dollar doesn't go as far, but you're better off now than you were then. Why? Because Joe Biden's in charge. Well, that doesn't mean anything. I can't feed my family. I, I can't buy a house now. The mortgage payments would be through the roof. You know, you're getting screwed. Well, you know, but you're still better off than under Trump. Why? Because Donald Trump, is anti-democracy. He's a dictator. Really? Because he, he did leave office. No, no, he is. And, and there's a whole bunch of people on your team actively trying to get him off the ballot in other states. It's not, it's not him trying to screw people over. It's you guys. The, the people who scream this is what democracy looks like are the ones actively trying to prevent people from being able to exercise their right to vote for whomever they wish to. Now, I'm not a dictionary, but I'm not entirely sure that's what democracy looks like. But this is who the left is. They were going to actively try that. Now, it's kind of funny because at the same time, I've had a couple of tabs open for a while, so indulge me for a second. Um, the day, same time Daily Beast is running a piece, of, eh, brainwash, you're being brainwashed into thinking things are worse. The Wall Street Journal, that was December 15th in the Daily Beast. This is December 15th in the Wall Street Journal. Headline, U.S. homeless count surges 12% to highest recorded level. Yeah, that was 2023, not in the Reagan administration. It's weird how homelessness barely exists as an issue when there's a Democrat president. But when, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, when there's a Republican president, suddenly they start caring about all these things again. They start noticing the homeless people again. It's, it's very weird. They, uh, but but, it, but then also in the Wall Street Journal, uh, let's flip over to that, headline on December 19th, just four days after the other two headlines, how the housing market slowdown is rippling through the economy in five charts, following Fed rate increases, spending and job growth in housing tied sectors are struggling. Again, kind of an important deal. Now, go back to that Daily Beast thing where they're telling you, you are you being brainwashed into believing that things are worse than they are? 
Huh? Now, this is part of a podcast. They actually put together a, a group of people to put together this podcast. The subheadline of this is The answer may surprise you, according to John Byrne Murdoch, chief data reporter for the Financial Times. First of all, I just have a policy against trusting men with hyphenated last names. I'm old fashioned that way. I don't know or care how it got to be that way. There's just something fishy about that all the time. But why the hell would the chief data reporter for the Financial Times have an opinion on any of this crap? Why would they sit there? Why would this guy sit there and try to tell you that the economy isn't as bad as you think it is because you're brainwashed by social media? Why would he have answers that surprise me? I didn't listen to the podcast. It's something called the uh, the new, what is it? The new abnormal. And I think it has a couple of horror. I think it, and the guy from Fox that used to be on Red Eye, Andy Levy, I think he ended up here. He went and like sucked up the sick uh, SE cup for a while. And then uh, he was on CNN and, and then nobody watched him and they so they got rid of him. And I think he landed at the Daily Beast because if you're liberal, you're never truly going to be left on your own. They They take care of their own. They suck up to their own. They elevate because there's a certain amount of skill required to uh, just look at people and lie with straight face. Just do it. Just lie with a straight face. Actually, I want to play you this uh, this clip because on this subject, Karine Jean Pierre. She's been making the. This is how desperate they are. If if somebody were good, if a president, if this president, any president were good about being able to message, being able to speak, being able to convey what it is that they want to do. If they were a good salesperson or good spokesman for their cause, if they were not suffering from dementia, the president would be out there a hell of a lot more. Instead, he's doing like Conan O'Brien's podcast. Nothing against Conan O'Brien, but I mean, come on. If you have to go down to that level, you're there's something wrong with you. If you cannot face... Look, they're not uh, ever going to put Joe Biden on Fox. They should, while Brett Baer's team would put together some pointed questions for Joe Biden. Brett Baer himself would not be rude and would not get into an argument with him. It wouldn't be like that airhead Caitlin Collins over at CNN at the Trump town hall where she was debating Donald Trump on everything he said. Brett Baer wouldn't do that. The people at Fox wouldn't do that. That's not their M.O. And frankly, they're not that quick on their feet. But Joe Biden isn't going to be anywhere near that place anyway because they have to go down to, you know, the Dylan Mulvaney podcast in order to find somebody who will sufficiently kiss his ass so that he can get through an interview without embarrassing himself and the entire Democratic Party and possibly and probably the country. So they send Karine Jean-Pierre. Now, if you are worse at communicating what is alleged to be your own message, you are worse than Karine Jean-Pierre. There's an argument not just for dementia. There's an argument for shame that you should just leave public life and uh, humiliation. But Karine Jean-Pierre was on The Morning Joe this morning, and it goes right along with what I've been saying about the entitlement, the sense of entitlement. Democrats were used to owning black people. Now they feel as though they should own the black vote. 
Same with Hispanics. They're not used to owning them, but that's just a quirk of fate. They didn't get around to it. The Republican Party came along and ended slavery before they were able to get around to enslaving Hispanic people who also engaged in the slave trade. But that's beside the point. Don't worry about history. It's just an inconvenient thing. But uh, Willie Geist frames this question in a way that really exposes the sense of entitlement that these people have to these votes. And Corinne Jean-Pierre has it too. Listen. How do you explain the groups that have supported Joe Biden for so long, Democrats for so long, now kind of looking around, actually, not and among young voters, too, not just that they're looking at, at Donald Trump, but they're looking at other choices. How do you explain them sort of straying from this president, yeah. from the Democratic Party? So I'm going to again, I'm going to be super mindful of 2024 as we're stepping as we're into an, an election year. Look, we understand what the American people went through these past three years. Right. We came out of a pandemic, right, a pandemic that we haven't seen in 100 years. And when the president walked in, the economy was upside down. And so we get it. We get that it's going to take a little bit of time for folks to feel what the binomics has been able to do. That's not something that I'm saying. That's something that economists have said. Right. It takes a little bit of time. But doesn't mean it doesn't mean that the president's not going to continue to work. It doesn't mean they've begun to stray. What are they, a husband? Are they owned? Are they the dog of the Democratic Party, the black and Hispanic vote? And now they're straying. It's a stray dog out there banging another dog. Oh, no, that's just my Democratic voting base. They're not being loyal. Now, I love her answer. She's so stupid. God, she's so bad at her job. She's so bad at her job. She is the Claudine Gay of White House press secretaries. She, she might actually be better. At I haven't seen any proof of plagiarism involving her, but uh, it's a toss-up. But she's like, yeah, you know, we... Uh, we got all kinds of problems here, but don't worry. Yeah, we inherited a mess in the economy. Did you? Did you really? $2 gas was a, under $2 gas was a mess. I don't think that was, I don't think you'll find many people not currently gluing themselves to famous works of art or streets that would agree that less than $2 gas is somehow an affront to existence. But it, Jesus, she says it takes time. It takes time. How much time? You notice how these people lie and change their story? They go, it'll, it takes time. Well, the economy said, well, it takes time for what we did to take effect. Now, what had they been telling us, insisting to us for the last at least two years? Probably three years, but at least definitely the last two years. Binomics is working. Binomics is working. We have turned the corner. They also told you that inflation isn't happening. And then when it was, and they could no longer deny it, well, inflation is happening, but it's transitory. And then they said, well, inflation is happening, and it's not necessarily temporary. It is. It's Trump's fault. It's Republicans' fault. These Republicans have caused inflation. What with their inability to get anything done whatsoever since 2018, Legislatively, they have been unable to advance any of their economic agenda since 2018. This is their fault. Really? Because you guys have imposed a whole bunch of crap since then. How is, at what point does it become your economy? When it either turns a corner or, yeah, that's it. That's really the only explanation that they have.
it's really bizarre. I don't know how these people live with themselves. I, I imagine it has drugs or they just don't have a soul. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, I don't really care how they live with themselves. But they're just gross. They're just gross. That'd be a good way to put it, gross. You'd have a little bit of dignity as a human being. And you'd say, I'm not, I, I can't do this. I can't polish this turd. I have family and friends out there who are hurting. I'm not going to go out in front of the entire world or at least the Morning Joe audience and lie to them. But then you've got to realize that the people in the world that the Willie Geists and the Corinne Jean-Pierre's run in, those people, they're in on it. They're in on the lie. And the people not directly in on the lie are down for the lie. They're ready for the lie. They're cool with the lie. They want to be lied to. Everybody, you know, there's always somebody who wants to be lied to. And it creates a, a perverse universe that the re they spend far too much time forcing the rest of us to live in. I want to play for you something. Corinne Jean-Pierre, like I say, she was making the round. She was then on CNN talking about Governor Greg Abbott and Governor Ron DeSantis moving illegal aliens from the southern border, from red states to blue states, to the utopic wonderland that is uh, blue state. Now, I think they should all start sending them to California. Now that it's, you know, California law that illegal aliens get free health care on the taxpayers out there, they've got to start just, there should be a concerted effort to make California just collapse. It's got a $68 billion budget deficit this year. And sorry, a lot of people out there listen in California. Hey, Ruby, I, I want you to be saved and get out. But They've got a $68 billion budget deficit. I wrote about this the other day. That's bigger. Their budget deficit, the shortfall for this year, is bigger than the budgets of 40 other states. Just the, their shortfall. And they're expanding to pay for health care for all illegal aliens. They already paid for a whole bunch of them. It's an absolute mess. Instead of shipping people to Chicago, New York, which unless they want to go there, I say we throw them all to California. Let's just collapse it. We need somewhere to be an example. Not everybody gets to be a shining, you know, wonderful example of what can be done. Some people were meant to live lives as cautionary tales. And I think we can make California be just that by nudging them over the line. But anyway, Karine Jean-Pierre is outraged by the way, it is shameful, she says, to ship illegal aliens around the country. Now, keep in mind that Democrats, starting with the Obama administration, were flying illegal aliens all around the country. Remember that? Remember that? It was, just, it was a story for about a day and a half. But because Obama was doing it, that was about all it lasted, where there were Americans who were filming planes, chartered jets, by our government showing up in places usually in red areas of blue states and sometimes just red states where illegal aliens were coming off the plane there was the biden or the the obama administration 
was shipping illegal aliens where they would be good, best for the Democrats uh, to be future voters. So you, you can't you move a whole bunch of people into Los Angeles or New York City. That's not going to help Democrats. Increases the population, but it's not going to help Democrats. You move a whole bunch of them into South Dakota. You move forty thousand illegals, twenty thousand illegals, whatever it is, into South Dakota. You really start changing the demographics, changing the voting habits there. You can get them into a congressional district where, yes, it's a safe Republican seat. They won by fifteen thousand votes. Well, you can put twenty thousand future Democratic voters in there. Uh, under the name of compassion, you can really make a difference. It's absolute politics. But giving Democrats, more Democrats, especially the places that are insisting that we be an open border society and they are sanctuary cities where they refuse, to, they, they seem welcome. They're welcoming places. They tell you that all the time. Then you are somehow a monster, Listen to Corinne Jean-Pierre. It is shameful that a Republican governor, Governor Abbott in Texas, is using migrants uh, as a political stunt. That's what he's been doing. So you're referring to the busing of migrants to northern uh, cities. Absolutely. And the, 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 the busing of migrants, the putting them on flights, it is shameful that that is occurring. And instead of, if the governor really, truly wants to deal with this issue, he should talk to uh, the senators in his state. Uh, it's really just shameful. These people want to go there. When you create a nice cushy landing place where, you know, illegal aliens are going to get welfare, that's where they're going to want to go. Look, they're illiterate in their own language. They can't communicate in English. They do know the tales of the social safety nets in these liberal bastions. So when asked, where do you want to go? New York, boom, put them on a plane. Where do you want to go? You want to go to Tulsa, Oklahoma? Sorry, you're on your own. Screw you. But you want to go to Chicago? All right, get on another plane. How is that shameful, Corinne Jean-Pierre? And if that's shameful, if helping sweet, sweet, nourishing migrants who are way morally superior and better than everybody else, especially Americans, if helping them along the way is shameful, what is opening the border and letting as many of them, you know, tens of millions of them in? What do you call that? What is ignoring U.S. law? Left's answer is, we need comprehensive immigration. No, we don't. No, we don't. And I've lost all sympathy for even the concept at this point. Kick them out. Kick them all out. We should suspend all immigration to this country for 10 years. <clears throat> Seal the borders and set about finding illegal aliens that come in contact with law enforcement in any way, shape, or form and deporting them immediately the local law enforcement the liberal cities that will not participate with ice or whatever impose economic fines on them like you wouldn't believe do it however you have to do it to make it constitutional and also encourage people within say the new york police department who are ordered to not contact ice encourage them to contact ICE privately, secretly, to let people know about illegal aliens in custody so that we might go get them and get them the hell out of here. I'd say even before they do their, depending on what the crime is, before they do their time, before they're even tried, just get them the hell out of the country. Try them in absentia if you must.
but get them the hell out of the country. These Democrats, I swear to God, if you just know what they're doing, if you pay attention to what they're doing, if you can get people to pay attention to what they're doing, people who don't normally pay attention, the November election will be a bloodbath for Republicans. It'll, they'll just sweep at every level. But if you rely on the media types where Corinne Jean-Pierre can go on the CNN, and you know, this is shameful, you know, really, that's shameful? And you just let that slide? Where you can go and you can have the journalist host, Willie Geist, on MSNBC say, them blacks and browns, they're not behaving the way they used to. What gives? How dare they think for themselves? How dare they recognize that democratic policies are not working out for them? What are you going to do to corral them back? Do you have a fugitive voter law that you could maybe force them back? Is there a Missouri compromise? Is there a place where... Maybe if somebody votes in a different party, you can go and get them and force them to do it. The analogies write themselves. And they're gross people. When I say that, I ain't joking. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's enough for today. I say my vocal cords, my throat's a little bit rough. Hope my, my voice didn't sound too nasally. And my post-nasal drip is starting. When I talk for too long, it goes back a little bit. Anyway, it's good to be back. I appreciate you listening. Download and share and tell a friend all that good stuff. Please keep doing that. And go to the Patreon site. Check out my daughter riding a bike for the first time. She's kicking ass. Kicking ass. And I'll be back tomorrow. Have a great one.